Hey y'all, welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank and I'm joined by Jonathan. Hey, hey y'all. Hey. We're recording, the way we've gotten used to recording over Zoom and then recording ourselves, the last like four recordings amazingly have all been in per- person. That's yeah. so crazy for us, right? Like that never happens anymore. But it's yeah, such a day one thing. It's so hard to get used to going back to being in person for a little while. It's like, it's more engaging and it's, it's kind of fun, but it's just very different. So... I don't yeah. know. Switching back and forth is complicated. I think we got to pick one and stick with it. But well, it's fun to do in person when we can. Only by circumstances where we were recording in person. Like it was just yeah. like, oh yeah, we're gonna play D and D this day, or oh Tyler's coming over to play board games, so let's record. Yeah. Normally that's not the case, and normally we record like this. And now it's like, oh the audio is so much better when you record the way we've gotten used to recording. And also yeah. it was like, oh we're gonna go in person again. It's like, oh shit, that's right. Where are those mics at? The ones that for yeah. in person? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 tricky. Yeah, I'm sure that. The echo and all that stuff's got to be totally different when you don't have a room yeah. that is set up for recording. Luckily, we have access to Adobe Podcast, which is Adobe's new AI system. And I was like, hey, can you fix Jonathan's mic? <laughs> and so <laughs> they did They did a pretty decent job of doing that. But Do I sound like I'm auto-tuned? No, because so, now you could kind of adjust how strong it's changing your voice. So luckily, I was able to find the happy medium. But... Right. I don't. I couldn't figure out if it's the cord or is the mic. So I was like, "Fuck it, it's all get thrown away and buying new ones." And <laughs> so we have new mics, new cords, and it's all done. Thank nice. God. All right, now that we're done complaining and talking about microphones, which is I'm sure is exciting for everybody at home. It's all I care about. Before Let's, we jump into the news, do you want to yes. keep this uh, casual? It's been a, a minute since I've been on. I've seen yeah. on some of the other episodes you've been doing uh, pulling a question from the Geek Box. You want to do a Geek Box question, John? Like literally, I just pulled it. Nice. <laughs> that was Perfect. the next segment. Here we go. By the way, guys, you guys want to buy your own Geekbox? They are in the link in the description. Check it out. So nice. here it is for you. Have you ever had a crush on an alien? An alien? Oh, oh man, Belana Torres. I know, I know everyone's gonna say seven to nine. Seven to nine is just a stuck up, you know, bore with no emotions until later. She's a scenes, human but... too, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Belana Torres. I don't know. I I know she was written Star Trek Voyager. If you guys aren't familiar. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I know she's written to be a love interest in the show with Tom Paris, who's, you know, also a kind of a bad boy, a fun character to try to relate with. But she is spicy and spunky and a strong woman, but also compassionate and needs the love and wants, you know, wants to be in something serious, more serious than she's used to. And just makes for a great character. So, yeah, fell in love with Alana uh, Torres. Well, John, mine was going to be from Voyager 2, but let's see if I could pick somebody different. Um, <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> I know, right? I'm going to go with, uh, what's her name? It's Leslie, I think it is. I'm looking it up right now. Ba-ba-boom. Nope, Lilo. Lilo from, Lilo, sorry, from The Fifth Element. She's the, do you remember The Fifth Element? She's the one with the I red do. hair. I do. The main, the main. The main, main girl, yeah. Girl, yeah. yeah, that Bruce Willis is saving. She's yeah. like such a simple, shallow, like undeveloped character, it seems like. Oh, like but she, she just kicks the, ass. You see, like, all of a sudden she like, activates on um, badass mode and she's fighting everybody? Yeah, but like a programmed droid would, right? Mm, that's hot. <laughs> 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 all, right, all right. No, but she's also, you, like, the actress herself is, she's from Resident Evil and stuff like that, so. Yeah, great. So, so the character from Resident Evil is what you want. Yeah, <laughs> but I need to find her an alien form. Again, very much programmed, yeah. <laughs> you like that innocent sheep that can also be the the wolf to protect you when needed. Uh, most of the protection thing like i just want to play video games if you protect me when we have an intruder then i'm happy like it's <laughs> i need you a just want to you just want a pet dog don't you 
<laughs> I have one. I have two now. Yeah. So yeah. Just, just uh, a garden dog. That's all you need. That's funny. Oh my God. Um, yeah, my, my original answer was going to be Kess. And I was like, well, shit, I don't want to go Voyager again. So let me go. Hey, maybe we'll Kess was a good character too. Yeah, I wish was. they didn't kill her off so early. She was, I know. She, yeah. Under, uh, unsung hero. We're going to be talking about Voyager a lot later on, guys. So just oh, buckle yes. up. <laughs> it's buckle happening. Up. All right. Uh, going into our headlines or our thing here. By the way, guys, we're going to be at BrickFest. I'm going to be at BrickFest. Uh, next week in Sacramento on the 16th. If you guys want to come hang out, the 11 o'clock ticket is what I have. It's a pretty cool event. I have never been to it before, but it's definitely family oriented. You can come in and build things with your family and they have a bunch of people showcasing their projects. I've been looking at some of the projects from last year and it's like, oh, I just totally rebuilt the scene from uh, from Ghostbusters when they took out the uh, marshmallow guy or whatever. It's like they rebuild entire scenes, not based off of whatever's on the box. Like it's totally original builds. So it seems like it's pretty cool. And they got it here in Sacramento. So, join me if you like. We got a first trailer for Monarch. This is a spinoff for the Godzilla universe. It is going to be spanning basically uh, 50 years distance. And it's all about the organization that already knew about Godzilla. It's going to be on Apple TV. You had a chance to watch this trailer. What did you think about it? Yeah, so I was really surprised at how much I liked this trailer. I've never been that interested in most of the Godzilla movies. I think I've seen, I think I've seen them all. Mm -hmm. um, and they've just been like, ah, it's a big monster. Like, we've got to find a way to stop it. It's going to destroy the city. And it's like, oh, wait, there's this other superpower that can also stop it. And that's a friendly monster. And <laughs> I don't know. It's been very, like, not interesting to me. But this movie did a good job, at least in the trailer, at... Uh, like building in these characters that then you can relate to and have a lot more depth, I think, to the story that we can, you know, like relate to through these through these unique characters. And it also looked like a pretty high budget movie, at least in the trailer. And, you know, we'll know better once we see the whole movie. But it looked very clean and crisp and well done just from what we saw. The actual so Godzilla looks sharp, man. I mean, that's better than yeah. in the movies. I feel like that was really yeah. clean. Apple TV puts a lot of money behind their projects. Yeah, so, I remember that one in the 2000s, especially it was like the beginning of of uh, CGI being pretty good. Yeah. And I remember thinking back then, like, oh, my God, that is like, that's a real Godzilla. That's a real monster. And it's like, yeah, no, it's it's come so far since then. It's crazy. You know, that movie, though, just like the prequels for Star Wars, we saw it when we were at the right age to be amused or amazed by something. Because I yeah. saw that, you know, again with you, 2000. And I thought, like, this is this is the future. Now looking mm -hmm. back, I'm like, boy, they sure showed that thing in the rain a lot. And now you know it's because they were trying to hide the CGI. Yeah. And it was and it was very different than the normal Godzilla. But I was like, man, that and to this day I still think it was a fun movie to watch, but it yeah. got hated on hard. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's kind of funny now looking back when you know some of the techniques that they use to hide bad animation. That's like, oh yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of dark scenes and rain and moving and stuff like that. That you know every scene is in the dark. <laughs> yeah. Just happened to fit the story the way they wrote it. But yeah, it was it's pretty funny. So this one, they got Kurt Russell and Wyatt Russell, which is his son, playing two different versions yes. of the same character. Kurt's going to be the older I, version, Wyatt the younger. I thought that's so smart. That's so cool to have the two actors playing. You know, the the son is playing a younger version of the father when they do the the what do you call those time jumps? Not time jumps. Yeah, uh, but like flashbacks. Yeah, flashbacks. We'll go with that. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um. And and I think it's better than de aging. We're looking at de aging right now. Matter of fact, it just popped up in Ahsoka. We'll talk about that in a little bit too. Uh, mm. uh, another example of de-aging, which I think they did pretty good at that, but it does kind of take you out of it just because you know how old the actor is. So they try to de-age yeah. Kurt Russell down. That would look funky, I think. And I like as much as possible to use practical effects when they can be done well and properly. And I think this is a perfect example of something where 
you don't need to use the, the amazing technology that we have and AI and all this stuff. You don't have to use it. Just, you know, hire the right person for the job and it'll, it'll look great. So I think this yeah. was a good choice. What do you want to see out of a Godzilla project? Because I, I frankly, I'm kind of tired of like more monsters and bigger monsters. So this one's kind of more of a MIB existence. I don't know. What do, yeah. you, what do you want to see out of this? So I like to see that, like, not that the humans have no control of the situation, but it looks like they're building this organization that either created these monsters or at least knew about them and is trying to control them or, uh, you know, limit our contact or the, the public's knowledge about them or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so build that out more. Um, and I don't know, I mean, explain kind of how the monsters a realistic, you know, not just like, oh, they've always been in the earth or they came from space, yeah. but a realistic like way that they formed and, you know, add add a lot more depth to what we already know. Yeah, because I know in Godzilla versus Kong, the new the latest one that came out, they were saying that Godzilla or I'm sorry, that King Kong was one of many ape creatures and more. That existed mm-hmm. inside the planet. Like we have a yeah. whole planetary system inside. And that's where Godzilla was from. And that's why like they had actual It almost felt like I could be wrong. So if you guys know more than me, Squeaks is the guy who would know more than me. Um, mm-hmm. They had their own society or whatever. And that's why he was able to use the axe as a tool. Which yeah. I was like, oh boy, this is stretching hard. <laughs> really, it makes me think of the movie Hercules. Uh, when the Titans were trapped inside that cell and then Hades releases them. Like, okay, so somewhere there's a cell that adds these giant monsters and yeah. the devil or Hades has to come release them and then they'll wreak havoc on our planet. I would almost take this more seriously if suddenly we found out that Hades like released Godzilla. Like then yeah. it was like, oh, it's all Greek mythology. We just didn't know it. Like that would be kind of dope, right. actually. <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking of which, that's one of the few movies Disney has not remade. And I think they could probably do a really good job with that now. They are working on it already. Yeah. Oh, no way. A live yep. action. Oh, yep. yeah. I think we probably talked about that actually. We have at some point. That yeah. rings a bell. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Moving on to our next thing here. Marvel's been moving around their schedule. So I'm going to go over the things that especially for Disney plus, like a lot of the other things got moved to, but we'll go over to the Disney plus stuff. Um, it's because of the strikes and stuff like that. So it's understandable. But first of all, things that are, that they have removed from the schedule are Ironheart, daredevil born again, and wonder man. All of these were, were in production or nearing the end of production. Ironheart was nearly in the end of the production when the strikes strikes broke out. And then like, they were trying to find workarounds. We saw that same thing with Deadpool. They're trying to find workarounds and the strikes ended up, disrupting them which is the point of the strike and so those are currently off the off the schedule they'll be put on later on um and then some of the other things that we have here some of the things that are still standing too like loki season two still coming out october 6th what if season two that's coming out christmas day around christmas day uh echo is coming out january 2024 for that one they're releasing all episodes at once which kind of feels like they're just trying to like yeah 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 get that out of there um, the X-Men 97, which is the revival for the nineties X-Men animated series. That's coming early 2024. We don't have a date for that at all. And then Agatha Darkhold Diaries will now be released in fall 2024. So understandable, right? They're shifting things because of the strikes. They have to do what they have to do, but now we kind of have a picture of what's going on over there. And I think we know the and, priorities too. And kudos to the strikers, honestly, like, Hey, you guys can see you're having a tangible effect, at least on yeah. Disney's, you know, uh, projections so you know good job and keep up the hard work what of these new projects coming up are you like most excited for i think the the next season of loki all the yeah. other ones i haven't really uh you know haven't kept up with like uh daredevil uh though i know i like the new daredevil i just had mm-hmm. i only saw the first i think two seasons oh did you okay yeah um but everything else i haven't even heard much about him yet so uh but loki was really good so, yeah. the thing and, i like I mean, 
for Daredevil, they're doing 18 episodes. Like, that's pretty awesome. Compared to, like, yeah. Ahsoka's only got eight. What are you kidding me? You know, so it's, it's killing me that they're not doing enough. The good old days at 52 episodes a year. <laughs> Damn. Or, <laughs> I don't know what those doing that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like SpongeBob or something like that, I'm sure. Probably. But, oh, yeah, I did 11 uh, episodes. Yeah. Yeah, the What If is also very good. I liked the last season of What If, and, and I know Thomas didn't care for it, but I thought What If was one of Marvel's better projects. So mm-hmm. I'm happy to see What yeah, If coming back. Good. And then Agatha, because WandaVision was so good. And they're already talking about how there's going to be another one after Agatha. So I'm, I'm excited to not only watch Agatha, but see who from that series is going to get their own series next. Have Pretty they had cool. any kind of teasers for Agatha? Anything, anything to tell what the story's going to be like? Not yet. What we do know is that it'll have some of the other witches... Agatha will think she's a regular human and then kind of discover that she's not. And mm. kind of like what we saw with, with what was going on with WandaVision, like it was unlocking again. Um, but we know that like Aubrey Plaza from Parks and Rec, she plays, you know, uh, she's mm. going to be in there and stuff like that. So it sounds like she's going to be one of the other witches or something. So that's going to be pretty neat. That'll be cool. Yeah, yeah she's good. Uh, a lot of the movies got shifted around. We talked about them in the past, but one of the better things out of all this is that Deadpool is moving up to may so deadpool's gonna be like kind of the introduction to summer blockbusters and we already know that wolverine's gonna be back for that and it sounds like a lot of people are coming back for that and i love wolverine so much so as much as it pains me i think i gotta I've rewatched the deadpool movies i didn't i don't yes. think i watched all of the second one but i gotta rewatch them so that i'm ready to watch this new one because wolverine's worth it dude if you watch deadpool what about you mm-hmm. come on challenge accepted and we talk about it and see if your perception has changed since your initial reaction, because I know you're yeah. not a Deadpool fan. I'm not a Deadpool. It just does not interest me. It's like I really will have to sit through it and hope it catches my attention. I have no interest yeah. in it, but but only because Wolverine's going to be in the new ones. Like, uh, I at least want to be caught up on where the story's at. Yeah. And he's got like the yellow suit. I tell you what, yeah. I'll buy a 12 pack of beer. You come over. We'll watch it together. We'll get we'll do a Deadpool. Watch it. Is that we're going to call it? Yeah. We're going to call it that. Watch it on. <laughs> yeah. I got to name everything, guys. It's got to be a podcast so far. Moving on to Warner Brothers, and they've got a real tricky situation, so I kind of want to discuss it out with you. HBO Max, now called Max, which is the dumbest thing ever, it's pretty, pretty much failing. It's doing a hell of a hard time. It's having a hard time right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Righteous Gemstones was the last big show they had on. There's no real big show airing right now, so there's not a real big reason to subscribe to it. So what they've been doing is they've been selling off the rights to stream some of their bigger projects some of their bigger shows and movies. So we have the matrix is now on like Peacock. They're going to be getting rid of the Harry Potters, which is, I mean, that's too big. It is not that they don't still own that license. It's just that they don't have the exclusive license to stream anymore. And what I thought was like, man, if, if Ahsoka was airing on Hulu, why the hell would I go to Disney plus? Right. What do you think? Is this worth the gamble? Like they needed that money to be, so they had to license that. Is it worth a gamble or should they stick to exclusivity? So I think it depends on what they have in the hopper. And I'm pretty sure they have multiple Game of Thrones spinoffs in the yeah, works, right? They do. So, so I think it's a pretty safe gamble. They know they need to make money today, right now. And they're not making much on subscriptions. So they're okay with their audience kind of slowing down and thinning out while they're making money on the side, putting what they already own into other services and actually getting money from it. Meanwhile, they're still on the other side while their streaming service is losing subscribers. They're building out these great shows that they're, pretty confident are going to get them a shit ton of subscriptions. So I think they're just, they're investing in a way that they're going to cash out down the road once they're ready to release those new series. So do you think the money from Max is not going to come from having this library that's identifiable to WB, but instead the new things that are coming that will be showstoppers like the last of us when that came out kind of thing? 
Yeah, I don't think it'll be you know I don't think you're gonna subscribe to it. Like I have, you know, Netflix and I watch Seinfeld on it right now. Right. That's just easy casual watching. But when Game of Thrones was out, it's like, well, I have to have access to HBO because yeah. Game of Thrones. Like I, I need to watch the newest one. There's nothing on Netflix now, at least right now, that I really need to have it for, but I have it just because there's a lot of that kind of old stuff that's fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was there was shows at times, but but yeah, I think they're they're gambling that when these new shows come out, it's going to get them a ton of subscriptions. And but for the long run, it, it it is a gamble because will people keep the subscription after they binge that show? Will they continue to have to keep dumping gas on the fire to keep it hot and make new, really fresh, you know, exciting content to keep people subscribed? Yeah. You know, that's what it sounds like their game plan is because they're and, and maybe Maybe they're licensing Harry Potter to other streaming services short term. And then once they start to recoup some some money in their new shows, they can pull all their all their, you know, all their licenses back. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, that would make sense. But it uh, probably really depends on the success of the shows that they're working on now, too. Yeah. These licenses agreements are only for like a year or two, but it does yeah. feel like a desperate move to try to like we need to cash out now. And maybe yeah. it's just a survival tactic, but. Um, looking at like other subscription services, do you know of what are some of the other ones that their library of content is more important to you than the new stuff that's coming out? And for me, I'll say Hulu for sure. The stuff yeah. that's already on Hulu is the reason I'll watch it more so than like, but when something new comes out, of course I'm excited for it, but it's like definitely the library. It's amazing. Yeah. I know Hulu has a good library. The only other one that's even close to it for me. Well, Netflix is good. They have a good selection yeah. of just kind of, you know, white noise shows or, or fun old shows that you you know, I've seen already uh, two others. Actually, Disney Plus is a must because I have a young You're child. Good. You got a young kid. You, there's a lot of other services that do have good content for young kids, but I'm also, you know, nostalgia based. So I want to put on, you know, Hercules and yeah. pretend it's just for my son, even though I'm sitting there like, <laughs> finally, we're not watching number Suit blocks. We're watching something, yeah, <laughs> watching something that I like, too. And he's yeah. kind of mildly entertained. Or cars or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I like Disney for me and because it entertains him. Uh, but another one was, oh, uh, Paramount Plus. Yeah. If if they ever lost those uh, Star Trek licenses or sold it off to somebody, they'd be SOL. But then they have other good content, but they have all Star, of Star Trek, Trek. So Star Trek and reality TV is the entire reason Paramount Plus exists. Yeah, there's no yeah. doubt because I also know that their uh, Amazing Race, Big Brother, and of course Survivor are mm-hmm. really keeping those doors open for them. So, yeah, and you can tell by their, their marketing, which, what shows they really yeah. push in their ads, you know, those and SpongeBob, I think are the ones that keep the doors wedged open. So they keep doing like that it. whole like mountain of entertainment. It's always either captain Pike <laughs> or Jeff probes <laughs> right. on top of the mountain. You know? It's like, right. okay, That's we gotcha. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I just find it interesting that, that HBO is struggling so much. Again, we've talked about this in the past, but discovery bought them and it's like, you guys are HBO. You guys used to be premier content. And again, like if, if a new season of White Lotus comes out or uh, we know Succession isn't coming out anymore, but there's the guys that made Succession is making a new show. Those come out. I will come to you guys. But the week they're done, I unsubscribe from you guys. There's no reason for me to stick around anymore because generally I'll catch I'll watch Veep again or whatever while, you, while I have it, too. Or last time mm-hmm. I just watched Curb Your Enthusiasm. And Netflix to me is that way now. Like for One Piece is like, OK, I care about Netflix for this you know week while I watch One Piece. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic, but I didn't watch it for months beforehand and I don't plan on watching it for months afterwards now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's risky business. And like HBO, we saw, you know, uh, game of Thrones is the only one I can think of, but it's like such a good show. And Veep was, was the same thing. 
And it might just be the timing that they released that and it was really hot and everybody was talking about it for a little while. But then as it kind of, you know, was done and phased out a little bit or whatever, then they also at the same time had a lot of competition in the market coming in with Hulu and Netflix and Paramount all expanding at the same time, bringing out their fresh new shows. So they probably saw how at the time we realized that streaming over that, you know, five year period or whatever, that streaming is the way to go. And that's where the money's going to be. Um, so I think they just unfortunately have a lot of competition really investing in trying to take them down at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. We'll fill you guys in on this because I know that with the strikes and, and everything like that, and with, uh, Zazalov, the guy that's running, uh, Warner brothers right now, they're going through a lot of changes. So we'll let you guys know what happens with that as it comes up next, the video game stray, which I know you played and I played as well yep. is becoming a movie. Can you tell me why you think this would be a good idea? I think it's such a great idea. It's a part of it is because you just kind of want to mosey around in that world mm -hmm. when you're in the game. It is so like comfortable, but it's it's appealing and there's a lot of little bits of mystery and stuff like that. But they just do such a good uh, job of building out this world where, you know, you see a lot of a lot of the game as you're wandering around. You're a cat in a city of robots and it's kind of like a kind of like a post apocalyptic world. Uh, and but all the humans have died. And one thing I know you've talked about, too, on, on TikTok is how the robots don't didn't kill all the humans. There's a, a disease or a plague that killed them all. The robots mourn having lost their friends that are human. And so they do little things here and there to kind of remember them or, or you know, be like them and stuff. Uh, but I think it's a really cool world. I'm excited to see what a movie would look like. Yeah, the fact that there's hope or something like that at the end of, mm -hmm. of this apocalypse, when, like, if we're looking at other apocalypse, post-apocalyptic movies, or even sci-fi, like sci-fi-wise, Really, Star Trek is definitely your most hopeful star uh, of sci-fi. Mm -hmm. But other than that, you're looking at like The Road or Walking Dead. And like your symbol of hope is that, hey, we can, you know, we have clean water. <laughs> when, yeah. when this is actually like, oh, what is it like to love again? What is it like to have a hobby and stuff? And mm -hmm. so it it really does. And again, for no having no humans, it yeah. I think has far more humanity than most post-apocalyptic uh, stories. So yeah. I think this would be Will we see it from the point of view of the cat, though? That's going to be tricky to show on film. I would think so. I would you be? Yeah, I don't know any other way you would see it. Yeah. You'd follow the cat, right? Well, I don't know. It's a good question. And will the cat be voiced? You know, like maybe we'll get Kevin Hart playing the cat. <laughs> I don't think so. Do, do, like the, do like the game where the cat doesn't have a voice, but the robots do. And Everybody they speak. else does. Yeah, but yeah, I don't think you could do it any other way. I mean, you could just do the whole world and it not be, you not really interact with the cats, but that would be kind of you know, a big change to the story. Yeah, it's it's a weird problem where the world is so worth the movie. The story might not be. Because it's all about yeah. this cat finding that, that there's a way to actually escape these enclosed because they didn't have sunshine coming in. And people, I think mm -hmm. the robots are slowly dying because they don't have recharged batteries or like that, if I remember correctly. It's been a bit since I played. Yeah, I don't really, yeah, and they can't do like their own maintenance or something like that. Right? Yeah, so they need they need the sunshine. So as the cat, you eventually get up to where the control panel is, open yeah. up the sunshine, and then you oh, see, yeah. oh, That's I right. can go out and find what is left of society. Basically, it's more of these uh, robot mm -hmm. towns, and uh, yeah, it's it's a cool world. And and I think we 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 streamed it on on Geek Freak Stream, and then you played it on Steam Deck. So if you guys want to check that out, the streams should still be there. Next, we have Switch 2 rumors. Now, I know people are like, oh, the Switch 2, this is impossible. But 
at Gamescom, which is a recent event, uh, it's been rumored by like VGC, real reliable sources, that they showed the Switch 2 off to game developers, not the audience or anything like that, but game developers. And they used Breath of the Wild, Zelda Breath of the Wild, at a higher frame rate and better resolution. They also used uh, Matrix Awakens, which is the game that was used to show the power of the PS5 and the Xbox Series X. And so what this sounds like is it'll be a Switch with the power of the PS5. How, do you think that that's going to do well in comparison to like a Steam Deck or even the way the Switch is now? So I don't know a whole lot about the, the competition between game consoles and all that stuff. But to me, the Switch or Nintendo, I mean, I know Nintendo's got a massive library, great games, mm-hmm. but I don't know if they can sell much more. Like it, if I, I, I don't own a Switch because I don't want to spend the money on one for like games like Mario. They're great, but I have a PC where I could play, you know, much bigger games and I have a Steam Deck where I could play those same big games portably. So I don't know if I would ever buy even the new or latest greatest Switch to bit to play to me which are mostly simpler games or more you know yeah. child friendly games uh then you know if there's if there's something on the market like the steam deck well that's that's funny you say that because i think like i feel there are many gamers that only play nintendo games yeah we see it a lot where they only play the zeldas we only, they only play the marios they may not find themselves to be maybe we would consider them casual gamers but for, they still buy all these games that come out I mean, what, who are we to call them casual yeah. Um, and I wonder if Nintendo knows that that's going to still be fine. So they just want the better graphics, but they're not going to necessarily. I know that Call of Duty is coming eventually to to Switch, which is nice. Finally, we got you know serious games. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's actually, yeah, that's a big competition right there. The Call of Duty is a huge, uh, huge game to put on it. Yeah. So, and it, I think a big component to me it would be the price point because if it's going to be you know six, seven, eight hundred bucks, you know, right. like the Steam Deck wasn't wasn't cheap. Uh, yeah. I don't I don't see it selling, but it could if they if they could bring it down to the price range to be the one gift that grandma gets for her grandkid kind mm-hmm. of thing, then that uh, it's it's going to go like wildfire if they can bring it down to, you know, a three hundred dollar two fifty, which is exactly range. what switch is now. So switch is, you know, oh, two fifty yeah. on sale, three hundred normally. And that's yeah. why it's like that's hard to pass up for something that plays relatively new games. It's just that they're not, you know, what you what does hardcore gamers play? <laughs> and so yeah. if, if it's a console that I, now that's the thing, if it's going to have PS five graphics, it'll probably mm-hmm. have PS five price. I just don't yeah. know if Nintendo would let that happen. Yeah, man, I think, yeah, that's, I think that's, that's probably going to do really good actually, if it's down to that kind of price range. And one thing I didn't think about is like, we talk about like, you know, hardcore gamers versus casual gamers. I think it's just a generation of, of gamers and different game play styles, just like how mobile gaming is becoming very popular, even though to me, it's like, well, you can play around on your phone, but that's not gaming. That's just, you know, that's playing a little something in the elevator, but yeah. no, for a lot of people that is gaming to them. Cause it's, it's all they know and it's competitive. Uh, so it's like, just, I think it's just different generations or different kind of branches of the, the gaming world. But, but yeah, I think that unfortunately, cause I'm not a switch user, but I imagine that's probably going to do pretty good if they do release it. What's gonna yeah, What's it gonna too. take for you to become a Switch user? What, what What's the game that Nintendo can make that you would get you buying the system? Honestly, probably just like six more years. When my son's old enough to play one, I'll probably yeah. have one for him. <laughs> so you probably will be buying a Switch too, then, because the Switches don't go out of like Nintendo consoles generally last pretty pretty long. So yeah, yeah, and it's gonna be one of the things we've learned is that it's gonna be fully backwards compatible compatible, which means if you buy a digital copy of the game, it stays with mm-hmm. the console no matter when. So that's gonna be nice. Though another thing, I. 
I think someday, and I don't know, it depends on the competition between these markets, but just like how streaming, you can stream everything from any, pretty much any TV. You don't have to have a certain TV. You don't have to have a certain box to play it. Uh, just like, you know, right now you have to have an Xbox to play Xbox games or a PlayStation to play PlayStation games. I think down the road, you'll have a tablet or a TV, a screen of any kind, and you'll have access to everything, whatever the internet yeah. can reach. So eventually we're going to get to the point that you're not competing over who has access to what games you're just buying the latest and greatest screen and you know interface which is basically what xbox is trying to do with game pass and stuff like that like they're gonna yeah and, and they have that dongle we've talked about in the past that they, they got delayed but they're still working on it uh, which mm-hmm. will just stream game pass to your tv and you don't yeah. all you need it's is like, a controller it's like a roku pretty much right for gaming yeah yeah, yeah. that's pretty and cool. netflix now is which by the way is a pretty good uh, library of games but netflix has their own games you can play on your mobile that's you mm-hmm. know normally games you pay for but if you have netflix you can get it for free All right, John, let's get into a couple reviews. So first off, I want to review Ahsoka mid-season. We had a lot going on, and so I thought this is a good time to stop, breathe, see what's going on, and go forward. So if you haven't been watching Ahsoka up to this point, spoiler warning. Jonathan, we just... I'm going to make sure to say spoiler warning one more time because I'm about to say big words. We just (laughs) got Ahsoka going into the world between worlds. You're not a Rebels viewer. Did that see... To me, my, my... my my what i would assume is for a non-rebels viewer that seems out of this world a little too far what'd you think yeah that was a little jarring and and we talked before and i'll throw out what i thought it was at least because it for somebody who doesn't know clone wars or rebels i had no idea what this really was i assumed it was like when uh when old ben you know uh, sacrifices himself and he, then he can be a force ghost how mm-hmm. you know some jedi can become force ghosts i thought okay that's where the force ghosts go so they found a way to enter this realm and then maybe they'll be able to talk to old ben and yoda and some of these other ones quite gungeon uh but you're telling me that no nah, it's not really that kind of place it's a place that's outside of space and time where they can kind of see all of you know the events of of existence right in the same place yeah. but only the ones that really resonate with them or or have some kind of connection to them spiritually, right? Exactly. It's like everything exists there. So I had to pull up that. I put it up on our TikTok, guys. So make sure you guys follow mm-hmm. on our TikTok. I put up a clip of Dave Filoni kind of explaining it. And mm-hmm. even he's saying, like, I don't want to give too much details on that because it's something <laughs> that you guys should kind of piece together. But he did say that when Ezra was there, for example, he only saw things that were related to him because it's like if you're being hit with a wall of sound, but you only recognize like your mom's voice type of thing. Yeah. And so that's kind of what's going on with Ezra. Like everything's there, but he's only seen the things that are related to him. You can't mm-hmm. necessarily go. He he said you can't really go into somebody else's time, but in Rebels he does pull Ahsoka through time, mm-hmm. and save her life from being killed by Vader. He he pulls her out of time, but eventually she has to go back to her time. Right? She can only re-enter through the through the gate she came from. You know what? You might be right there. Now that I I have to go back and rewatch that because maybe I thought she went with him. But you're saying that, no, she went back. I believe Dave Filoni even clarified that. He's like, she knew that she couldn't re-enter through his gate, that she would break the the universe. So she knew she'd have to go back through her gate, back to where she came from. But I wonder when she went back through her gate, if she had the knowledge of the attack and was able to, or maybe just a breather, and was able to then, because I had presumed she died at the end of season two of Rebels, then Ezra saved her life. You're saying that maybe it's not that way? Yeah, I, I don't know what was even going on in the scene. I just know that that's yeah. something he was saying. I'm pretty sure that was from that same clip. Okay. That uh, she was pulled out of out of her time, but she knew then that she couldn't go through his 
portal that she would have to go back through the same way she came. So in Ahsoka, when Ahsoka goes into this realm, she goes into this realm because she gets pushed off a cliff. We don't know necessarily how she falls into the realm, but she's there. It could mm-hmm. be something, whatever. She sees her master, Anakin Skywalker. And mm-hmm. from what he looks like, he's de-aged and he's missing the scar that he gets in episode three. So this mm-hmm. is definitely Clone Wars Anakin. This is somewhere in between there. And we know he doesn't look like he looks like in episode two. Obviously, he doesn't have the shortcut. So uh, he's somewhere there. What do you what is your kind of thoughts? How did Anakin get in there? Is it the Force Ghost Anakin? Is it we didn't know that he had been in this time uh, loop area? Yeah, I really am so outside of it. I have no clue. I was thinking like maybe it's just a connection between the two of them and they're able to like communicate, you know, and and maybe she could try to like kind of pull him away from the dark side and he's going to do his best to pull her into the dark side or something like that. But really, I, I have got no idea what's going See, on. See, this is before the scar, though. He should have no dark side tendencies, except for the fact that he's in love with Padme. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I mean, he's always got that that deep-seated rage inside of him, right? It's, it's in there somewhere ready that's to come true. out. That's true. He did kill a bunch of Tusken Raiders before that, actually. <laughs> yeah. He was not chill uh, about that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, and it could just be like, he's the mentor she needs him to be at that time. So maybe... He'll be there with some words of wisdom before he's corrupted mm-hmm. that will guide her at that time. Um, yeah. I don't, what, what, what do you think it is? I don't, I don't well, know. Well, I, I think you might be right. There. I think there might be a time when, when Anakin, because we know that in Clone Wars, both Anakin and Ahsoka got to meet the gods, essentially, quote unquote gods, mm-hmm. that let them into this world. And so I'm thinking at some point he had gone through there, which didn't see it in Clone Wars or something like that. But what I hope, and I hope Dave Filoni just changes the rules is fine. Like, it, you mm-hmm. don't have set rules in this place. It's so freaking new and outside. It's kind of the one thing Dave Filoni messed up a little bit. Just make it to where that. That's where the Force, force Ghosts are at. Like, what's it hurt yeah. to just say, like, yeah, 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 Force Ghosts are there. And I kind of like that he did leave it a little bit vague. You can even tell from that clip where he was explaining it. He's like, I don't want to set a hard rules and boundaries to it, pretty much. He's like, mm-hmm. I, I want you guys to kind of have to use your imagination to kind of create it how you want it to be. Yeah. More or less. It, you know, it's it, I'm not going to give you guys the, a cut barrier of what this is um so that's kind of cool it lets you it's i mean it breeds conflict i'm sure people are going to be fighting oh, over. Yeah. no it means this no it means that yeah it, it just kind of lets you have a little gray area to work in this entire week people have been like is she dead is she not dead like they that's been the debate this entire time we're just waiting for this next episode <laughs> and it, it makes it even harder because we know in the next episode they're putting in theaters so it's like this next the episode is going to be so big and there's yeah. rumors that darth maul's in it so it's like what the hell <laughs> it's crazy yeah, that's cool yeah yeah, I can't imagine her being dead. I understand, like, for an animated series and even something like, you know, Star Trek, they could bend the rules a lot and stuff like that. But this is a very mainstream, you know, Star Wars has, has always been more mainstream. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to put that in front of, like, the general public, I think to kill off a character when the show's named after her, just to maybe bring her back in the following episode, I think it's too jarring for yeah. just the, the super broad general public that they try to market to typically. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think they're going to kill her off. They're just going to have some kind of you know, spiritual awakening or something like that in there and then come back to the real world and be prepared to defend herself in that, that battle she was in. From my understanding, I believe she can go right to where Ezra's at too with this mm. system because it's time and space. So yeah, again, hopefully guys, I hope that they just kind of like, yeah, we wanted to show you a peek of something that the people from Rebels, because a lot of this I think show is like, hey, you guys didn't watch Rebels. It has a lot of really good story. So let's kind of show you a lot of the Rebel stuff. This is a big part of Rebels. It was only in a couple mm-hmm. episodes, but, you know, it was a giant part of the story. And so I think they were like, this is what it looks like. Okay, let's get back to the main story and let's go see Thrawn now. I think they're going to reveal Thrawn in this upcoming episode, too. 
Yeah, that makes sense. The being released in theaters and stuff like that. Hopefully, hopefully it's a big you know build up to his uh, introduction at the end of the episode with a major battle or something. What are your thoughts on other characters in the show so far? I know again, you know, I haven't seen Rebels, so I, I'm, I just wanted to get your you know noob perception of these guys. Yeah, I don't remember her name, but the the green uh, chick, Hera. I don't. I don't Hera, yeah, she's pretty cool. I like. Yeah. I mean, I like them all so far. There's nobody that I I wouldn't watch a show for. So. Uh, I think they've done a, a good job with it in general. I really hope they show Hera a little more piloting because in the in the series she is maybe the best pilot in the galaxy. Like she's so yeah. freaking good. She's the only one that can fly this one experimental ship kind of thing. Like that's how good she is. And Do you so, want to see her up against Han Solo? Yes. At a different time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like against Darth Vader, who's got the Force helping him kind of thing. And right. that's how good she is. And then, of course, her son clearly is force sensitive, which is. Uh, and we saw Freddie Prince Jr. on a little picture on her dashboard. So mm-hmm. maybe there's going to be a flashback to Freddie Prince Jr. being uh, uh, Kanan, uh, the Jedi that trained Ezra Miller. So that Ezra Bridger. God damn, I keep saying Ezra Miller. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. That's going to be that's going to be hard. One thing I I like that we're seeing a little bit and I want to see it. Hopefully they kind of delve into a deeper way. I'm hoping. Uh, like how we see Sabine is, you know, weak in the forest and she needs to work on that and stuff like that. Uh, and I was explaining to my wife the other day how when when Jedi's typically, I guess, maybe it's not all of them, but for the most part, the good ones, uh, when they're deflecting blaster beams with their lightsaber, how it's not necessarily just this practice and skill of it's coming this way. Let me lift it up to this angle and I'm going to I'm going to hit it in the right spot. But it's also using the force to guide their motions because they're through the force they can tell where it's going to be yeah more or less it's a sense that they have to develop mm-hmm. and so i love the fact that the force can be used that way and then the fact that we see she doesn't have it as well as other people i'm hoping we can see uh kind of like how we see in in avatar the last airbender that bending can be done different ways i want to see that the force can be mastered different ways That'd be nice. so maybe some people aren't good swordsmen but they can use agility with the force far better than anybody else that they don't even need to to use a lightsaber yeah. You know, they'll come up and, and strangle you before before you can open your lightsaber. Something like that, you know. know. Yeah, like we see with Darth Maul definitely uses the, the force for increased agility. Things yeah, like that. Exactly. I would yeah. like to see that too. And I do like the fact that with Dave Filoni's version of the force, which he even says, like, I'm still sticking with George's, but mm-hmm. it feels like it's back to being mystical and not scientific. In the prequels yeah. was very much like, here's your Metaclorian account, there's the numbers, blah blah blah. And this feels much more like just train hard enough you know, meditate hard enough and you can mm-hmm. tap into it. Or do you have the natural skill to tap into it so easily? No, that's what, that's when the temple, I would like find you as a Jedi kid, but pretty much anybody could like really train in it. And there's a guy from rogue one that was like, I think he was blind, but he wasn't a Jedi, but he also kind of used the force. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, he just meditated a lot and he kind of tapped into this natural uh, force ability that's out there. Yeah. I love that. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on to, we'll go from star Wars to star Trek. We're going Lower Decks. Season four just premiered. we got two episodes. Uh, Jonathan, I think this first episode was written for us. It is mm-hmm. Voyager fan fanfic. I mean, if you were, I can't imagine watching this episode and not being a Voyager fan because you oh, must have yeah. been confused. Like, who's that great guy? Be bored. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. that's fear. <laughs> I'm so yeah. happy. What did you think of that uh, episode? Such good. I mean, it was obviously written directly for the Voyager fans. And our generation, I mean, our, our generation watched you know, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Next Generation. So I'm, yeah. I'm glad they made it for us. Uh, it, it was everything, and it was amazing. Only thing I was trying to do is I was throughout the episode, I'm like listing the characters that they didn't introduce, the stories that they, like, oh, you could have just touched on this, had a picture on the wall that touched on that, or something like that. Yeah. 
Uh, but of course, that's me being greedy and wanting every bit of Voyager. Let's just remake Voyager, you know, start over with the, the lower decks animation or, or something like that. Or continue it or something like that. Yeah, it would be nice to yeah, yeah. more. But I, yeah, that's really good. They had some deep cuts, though. Like, Fear was a very deep cut. He's in one episode from season two, I want to say. He's hard I to... think they might have, they probably took, it makes sense to me that they took words from, uh, took advice from fans because yeah. they got such good characters to put into this. It's like, they must have listened to the audience because like you're saying, Fear is kind of a lesser, not lesser known, but wasn't made a big deal of in Star Trek in general. You know, it wasn't carried over from season to season or something like that. Uh, but it was such a good character that it left an imprint on us. So yeah. obviously the fans must have suggested like, oh, yeah, you got to use this guy. And it helps that Boimler is such a Voyager fan, too, because he knows how to act like when you're fighting the spider. You know, I can't remember. His name. <laughs> I, I keep thinking Spider Queen, but that's the other one. But, you know, like he knows to act like Captain Proton. There it is. And yeah. stuff like that. And it was like, oh, that's cool that he's it, it, it was a really <laughs> nice deep cut. Then they they actually got a little meta talking about how, you know, they're fighting the macro virus. and. Mm-hmm. The solution, they were like, oh, we got to do this. She's like, no, it's Voyager. You got to be you got to do things a little bit like silly or something like that. As a Voyager fan, I didn't really catch that at first as mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, Voyager is a little bit more out there. But when you compare compare it to Deep Space Nine and Next Generation, both, mm-hmm. you know, literally Next Generation is the next version of TOS. And then Deep Space Nine was political drama and a war. Then you had Voyager that's out there in a whole other galaxy, all different aliens. Kess is only yeah. going to be nine years old. Crazy. So, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, yeah. Definitely in Star Trek, it was the wacky one at that time. I would, I can yeah, see that. Also because they have like a clean slate. They're like, we're somewhere nobody's ever been, yeah. so we can kind of write this to whatever we want it to be. And macro viruses, we can have bugs that are, you know, bigger than your head and they're killing mm-hmm. everybody. Like, that's perfect. It gives them a lot of room to play with. Yeah, and, and even with its own characters, like Neelix, he was meant for laughs there i I can't think Mm -hmm. of a character necessarily meant for laughs in any other shows but definitely neelix like he had heartfelt moments some of the best but he was definitely Mm -hmm. there for for cracking up now we gotta talk about the two vix of the situation Uh, oh that was so you know what's funny i watched this episode twice i couldn't believe so i I knew the the two vix comparison that was going on but i got up to get a drink and i came and sat back down and didn't realize that the uh the two vix of the episode i can't remember to lily or whatever yeah uh started taking all the other crew members and pairing them up as well. I didn't see that part. It was like, okay, what's going on? They're just, there's a lot of havoc being wreaked on the ship. Okay, we, they got to put everything back the way it was. I thought the macro virus was the main problem. Right. I didn't realize that they were being paired like that. But yeah. then I watched it again. I'm like, oh my God, I'm glad I caught that. That was great. Yeah. And then I especially liked that whenever it did it for no reason, there was no reason for mm-hmm. it. The suits would change to be the Tuvix uh, yeah. mixed colors. Flowers. Well, because... Oh, because so, the flowering, so that's right. The flower, right. yeah. Okay. That's what made it in, in Neelix's was that, yeah, the flower. I just thought that was, was a mix of Tuvok and Neelix's uniforms. I didn't think about the flower is also part of that, so that makes sense that it would also kind of be flowery. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this, so. when they were all in Voyager, they're like, oh, it smells like Borg on here. And I'm like, yeah, it does. <laughs> it definitely does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, and then the, the Borg got with the macro virus. Oh, my God. It was, it yeah. was truly a fan letter. Beyond that episode that I will be watching hundreds of times, we also yeah. have we also got to see in the next episode and stuff like that that Boimler Mariner they're all kind of getting promotions. How will mm-hmm. that affect? Do you think it'll affect? Do you think it'll be have a negative or positive effect on the series? I think a positive effect. I mean, it's kind of natural to some extent that the crew would eventually promote a little bit. Uh, and like like can they they kind of justified like yeah we're the lowest of the higher staff though so we're still you know the lower decks. Uh, so I, I don't think it's going to really, I don't think it can hurt them. Right. What do yeah. You 
Well, I, I mean, I I wonder if now, because I know one of the complaints you've had in the past is that this doesn't fit in very well with the rest of Star Trek. Now that they have more responsibility, it doesn't make much sense for them to, like Meredith, to just go off the rails and do something silly. Because, hey, you actually are in charge of people right now, you know? Yeah. And that might, like, she's she's had multiple times before been promoted and then demoted again. So it might just be that, that the first episode after this is her doing something stupid that gets her demoted, maybe intentionally because she mm-hmm. doesn't want to, you know, uh, live up to a higher standard or have to worry about, you know, disappointing anybody. Yeah. So maybe that's what they'll be. That's what this entire season will be about is how does the promotion affect Mariner Boimler? Boimler's he's gone to the Titan. Like we've seen him be elevated, then brought back down. And so he, that's yeah. what makes him so afraid is that he might do this, same path again yeah. i think everybody else is going to do just fine with it mariner you know the problem is, is mariner is a hell of a good captain it's just she doesn't <laughs> want to be and you yeah. know so they have to figure out a way to get around that that'll be interesting i think this is going to be a good season though i really like star trek right now it's so freaking good so yeah is there anything specific you didn't see from voyager that you were hoping to see after watching this episode? um 8472 probably yeah i was thinking of them or the herogen herogen like, of course yeah it would have been would have been easy pepper them in somewhere yeah, uh, that would have been great. I think eight four seven two is in one of the books. I want to say. I think they made it because I mean, yeah. the only species to bring fear to the Borg. Like that's such a good tagline for them. Yeah, yeah. I think it would have been cool to see one of the Herogens in the Nazi uniform since they're being oh you yeah know, holod- holodeck recreations. That'd yeah, be pretty cool. That would have been crazy. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, guys. So check out Lower Decks if you're new to Star Trek. I would say watch Strange New Worlds. It's a great introduction. It's a really good way to get in there. I know Thomas is watching it all. Um, but then after that, I think you're ready to go ahead and go right into Lower Decks. You won't get all the references, but it's still a very well-written show, and mm-hmm. uh, it's totally worth your time. All right, John, we're going to be closing out, but first, let's get your recommendation for the week. Uh, so I don't have much else except for, like, we're just talking about In Time. If you haven't seen that with uh, Justin Timberlake, there's other great cast in it, too. I can't remember. Oh, uh, Henry Cavill is in it. Uh, small small role, but uh, great movie. Uh, if we watch it now, then when we release Henry our- Cavill's in that movie? He is. He's the one that has the century that he gives to Justin Timberlake. Oh he's, my God, he's the rich asshole. <laughs> hey, rich, nice guy. Who's oh, rich, nice guy. That's true. Give, actually, give yeah. away his fortune before he dies. Yeah, before he kills that's, himself. Yeah, there was a lot of rich assholes in that movie, though. So that's why it's hard to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Another oh, good man. one, actually, kind of in that vein. You remember Repo Men? Oh yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, where you like, where you like, take loans out on organs, and then like the Repo yeah. Men will come and get them. There was a sequel though, wasn't there? I didn't, I didn't see the sequel. I don't know about the sequel. Yeah, boy, there's some good. Yeah, there was. Yeah, we watching yeah. some more. What do you got? Right. What's your recommendation. My recommendation for you guys. So, any of our UK listeners are going to be like, Frank, you're so dumb. This show's already so big. Taskmaster is so good. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you've been talking about that for a little bit now. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> and I, everybody around me is like, Frank, shut the hell up. So I just discovered Taskmaster. They're on season 15, and I've been binging them like crazy. I've got like five more to go, five more seasons, and. uh Season 16 is premiering, and, and by the way, you're going to see it again because I recorded a TikTok about it. It's going to be coming out uh, tonight. Nice. So anyways, season 16 is coming out September 21st. Uh, it's going to be 9 p.m. UK time. And then for the rest of us, you guys can get a VPN and then what for the United States people, you can get a VPN and watch it on channel4.com. For everybody else, for the UK people, it'll be on channel 4. Uh, it's so good. And one of the people, the, the one I'm rooting for in the upcoming season is Sue Perkins. You remember the two hosts from the like their first version of uh, British Bake Off? Black hair girl, blonde girl is the two hosts. No. Okay. The blonde girl, the blonde girl's already been on one of the seasons. And actually, she was on a season with um, one of the other guys that's been the host. Anyways, but the black hair girl, she's she's gonna be on here, Sue Perkins. 
as and, one of the contestants. This show's so fun, John. And I, I like <laughs> also just for people, I'm like, I don't know, it's kind of game showy, kind of reality TV show, but mm-hmm. also you have to be kind of a fan of com- uh, comedians. Yeah. And, uh, but it's a delight. I'm just enjoying it so much. It sounds good. Because you're saying like they, they put together, maybe in the TikTok too, you should uh, splice together like some of your favorite challenges. Mm. But it's just like, uh, like, like reality show challenges that people are having to do in, in the regular world, right? Yeah. And you could do, you could cheat any way you want to. Uh, there, like, for example, season one, there was one where they were like, uh, all right, your task is to go into the laboratory, which is another room basically. And, eat the most water, amount of watermelon in one minute. The time will start as soon as you open the door to the little laboratory. So one guy's like, okay, so I'm going to need a fork, a knife, uh, spoons, and brought all that in. Everybody else didn't do that. And mm-hmm. so people are just like breaking it. One guy broke it right on the floor and it was just like, oh shit, I broke it on the floor. It broke too easy. And then he's like trying to scrape it off off the floor, eat it. Other people broke it on the table. The one guy with the spoons like eating it nicely, he ended up, didn't eat it enough. But yeah. And then like <laughs> the guy was eating on the floor ate so fast he ended up throwing it up and they're like well we'll weigh it <laughs> oh god that's and, gross oh it's so good another really good one is like uh try to block uh alex who's the like the assistant quote unquote try to mm-hmm. block alex from making a goal you do it anything you want to and so some of them were like putting stuff in front of the goal two of them were just like let's flip the goal backwards so mm-hmm. that you can't get the other side of it and then so then there he's trying to bank it around and then like oh it was it was it's a really good show guys all the first 15 episodes, first, I'm sorry, 15 seasons are on YouTube for the UK one. And then there's a Portugal version. There's a New Zealand version. The New Zealand one's really good. Uh, there's all kinds of different countries. US had one for one season, but they put it on Comedy Central instead of something, you know, watched. So didn't have it. <laughs> right. That sounds great. That's my rant about Taskmaster, guys. Go check that out. All right, guys. Thank you very much for hanging out with us. Again, we'll be at Brickfest on September 16th. Come and hang out with us if you want to. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Hey.